Welcome to the More Beach Meetings podcast produced by Surf Office. I'm Carson Sweezy. The More Beach Meetings podcast gathers the leading voices of the future of work to discuss remote working, company culture, and team retreats with new episodes the first and third Wednesday of the month. Today's guest is Mari Richter, the VP of People at Billy. Before Billy, Mari worked at Google and SoundCloud as People Ops Manager. She's passionate about leading organizations through sustainable growth by making people and processes work together effectively and efficiently. Hey, Marie, how's it going? Hi, doing good. How are you doing, Carson? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for coming on and chatting with us today on the show. Of course. Thanks for having me. Can you tell me about your role at Billy? Billy, maybe I'll just tell you a little bit about the company at first. It's a fintech based in Berlin. And uh, what we do is this thing called factoring, which essentially all it is, is that in our case, small medium-sized businesses, they open invoices to us. So if uh, one of their uh, business clients hasn't paid their invoice yet, but they need cash, so liquidity, to uh, make sure the business keeps running, they sell that invoice to us for a small fee. And we then get that money back from from the debtor. So it's really a system that works uh, for everyone involved. And uh, what I do there is, that I run uh, everything HR. So I started there in June 2018. So at this point, I've been there for maybe nine months. Feels longer, feels way shorter some days than the, on others. So it's really a mix of uh, being uh, a lot of fun and also a lot of work. And I feel really blessed to be working with the great people that are part of the Billy team. So Billy's a startup, and I know it can be hard for founders, especially young founders, to kind of let go and trust other people in various positions. What have you found effective in how the Billy founders have delegated that HR role? It's pretty much how they approach not just the HR role or everything to do with the HR department, but really in every part every part of the business. So to preface that, it kind of started with the setup really, which is that Billy, yes, has uh, two managing directors who are also uh, the main co-founders, but there's also five other co-founders that, uh, yeah, they all, uh, the seven of them in total, co-founded Billy together. And uh, they'd been working with each other at the, the previous company, Zencap, before, which was then bought up by a Funding Circle, a British company, and uh, really knew each other well and decided to go on this adventure and venture <laughs> together. And uh, yeah, so they really manage different departments at Billy. And then I'm one of the new ones to kind of join the circle of people as uh, one of the um, department leads. And how the general day-to-day and yeah, our responsibility management really is managed is that you do get the freedom and autonomy and trust really to do the, your job the way you see fit. And we are also in a really um, just fortunate situation that we do have the budgets and uh, resources available for us to be able to do our jobs to the, to the best of our abilities. So obviously there's always frugality involved for German after all. And if we work in fintech at the end of the day, but yeah, but you really enabled to bring everything you got to the table. Be critical, not just of your own work, but also what's going on in the departments, build bridges with people across the organization. So it's really that freedom and trust that the two managing directors, Christian and Matthias, uh, put in us that makes this company so great. And what have you noticed with people ops and HR specifically what in creating those bridges with other departments? What have you noticed to be effective or a challenge? HR can be a tricky position to be in, let me tell you. Like when things go well, it's one of those things where I guess it's also the case for other departments, but obviously the one you're in, you would notice it more. But yeah, it can be the case of like, you know, when things go well, 
everyone considers it to be normal and nothing is said about it when things don't go so well that's when every you know everyone uh, points to points to HR and it, actually thankfully enough it's not the case at Billy it's really something that is a joint effort that's really how I would describe it so Whilst I am responsible and at the end of the day accountable for everything going on in the HR department, how we handle things, uh, how our culture develops, it really is a joint effort. And how I see my role is to really leverage the bridges that are existent in the, uh, in the company and to keep building them and reaching out to people, gathering their ideas, picking their brains and... Uh, yeah, I guess translating all of that, all these bridges and channels and relationships we have going on and really translating that into something concrete and uh, tangible for the organization. So I don't know, I sometimes have people in the organization tell me, oh, Maria, all that stuff you put up is so great. But what they often miss is that a lot of that stuff is their ideas, you know. It's, um, so I see my role as a translator of all the great potential and uh, yeah, mutual like collective power we have as an organization. This can happen in large companies and startups too, but it seems like it can become less of a priority to focus on HR, even as important as it is. At what point do you think a company should focus and prioritize people ops and culture? To be honest, it's kind of changing these days. So I completely agree. That's the... I guess the the legacy that's unfortunately a little bit attached to what people consider HR. In the past few years, I've really seen a change. And it starts with, you know, like basic conversations you'd notice investors have with you. So actually HR being one of the main topics in departments investors look into to figure out or assess for themselves the quality of the organization they're looking into or looking to invest in. And with founders, I've uh, seen the same. Um, so obviously here and there, especially over the past few years and throughout every everyone's career, right? You get contacted for roles and people are interested in you joining their organizations. And um, the main thing they emphasize is that founders at, ev- at earlier and earlier stages in their company's history start considering putting HR people in. So it really starts as small as 10, 15 employees where they start to notice that you really need the resources and expertise put in place to hire the best people, to maintain the best people, to um, put up structures that keep People feel engaged and encouraged to stay to, you know, and stick with the mission that they sign up for in the first place. Whilst, as you said, can be tough to, to get that point across and to get buy-in, it really has shifted in the past years, which is really great to see. To be honest, also surprising to me, because especially with soft and intangible qualitative subjects such as HR, which of course you can base on numbers, there always the question is like, how much data do you actually need to make it uh, relevant and significant? People really have, uh, yeah woken up to um, and warmed up to, to HR in the past few years. We know this and people in HR and, and a lot of startups and most of our listeners will know this, but having good culture and, and people ops and everything will affect the bottom line, even if it's hard to sometimes quantify that, right? It's true. All these things are important. I do want to make sure people understand though there's a big difference between hiring someone in HR and having a good culture or a team spirit, you know, working together in an aligned and purpose-driven way. HR really isn't a quick fix, just like throwing fun benefits and perks at people won't make a culture. It can help, more so HR maybe than throwing fun perks and benefits at people, even though they can definitely be part of it. But what it really comes down to is everyone's willingness to uh, roll up their sleeves together and really make it work. And there, the main influence I see HR have is in guiding 
getting the managers, founders, and of course, everyone else who's already working in an organization to make the right decisions to keep that going moving forward. For example, through hiring, making sure people understand the impact certain hires can have on the culture of your organization or making people aware of what it is you actually want to be as a company and uh, how you want to achieve what you want to achieve at the end of the day. So that's really where I see HR have the main impact. It's not so much in actually being the culture and um, changing something yourself because that's really impossible what culture and all that good stuff is is really just a collection of everyone's behavior together but it can have it can be a good lever to kind of get people there yes you mentioned what impact hiring specific people can have on the culture what do you mean by that and how do you hire for i've seen in some of your other presentations hiring for talent not for experience that's an interesting right right because the first problem you encounter with hiring in combination with a cult, with a topic of culture is that you don't want to mess up your diversity, right? But then what does culture mean? In its very essence, I guess a lot of people mistaken culture for this is who we are and this is what we want to maintain. And they can lose sight of the fact that that is really impossible. So you will even see it in like culture strong organizations such as Google, where they are world known for the type of culture that they are. And that's one of the main reasons why people are attracted to Google and want to work there because they've made something really great out of it. But you will still notice that the culture in different Google offices is completely different. So whilst there's some core elements to, I guess, basic paradigms of how uh, people want to behave and what they value, you will never get to a point where you can actually maintain that 100%. But then on the other hand, with the hiring, you do want to make sure that you also have enough diversity, right, to um, get the creativity in that you're actually looking for. So in terms of hiring and stuff, yes, look for talent, look for what each individual can bring to your organization and what it is you actually value. I mean, some organizations, and we're talking for-profit organizations mostly here, but there's also others. Think of nonprofits that don't necessarily have a focus on profit-making, you know, achieving their the KPIs in terms of revenue and stuff might not be their main goal. Their focus might actually be more on a type of culture that's not so much performance or revenue driven and more focused on a caring environment, uh, creating qualitative va value for the company and uh, its clients. So it really depends. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Appreciate you sharing that. Moving to this next question, how important is bread for creating culture? You mean the bread and games quote that I had or? Yes, exactly. So here's the thing, right? So so I said in the past, right? Culture can be or should, but shouldn't be just bread and games, right? Referring to, right? Was it the, the Roman Empire where they uh, try to keep its people happy in the big cities by providing bread and games? So making sure everyone is fed and entertained so that potential negative things that would be happening wouldn't be noticed as much because at least people, you know, are based on happy and distracted. So the bread part, maybe in a literal sense, translated to actual food people would be providing to their employees. Not so important in my opinion. You see obviously great efforts from companies around the world to create great benefit offerings for their uh, employees, which is a great thing, right? We moved away from it being purely a compensation driven um, reward system to one that's more value focused maybe and trying to figure out 
how you can actually add value to an employee's life by not just providing them with more money. But at the end of the day, it does not quite fix the problem of culture. Often because people start thinking about whatever bread and games they might be giving their employees the wrong way around. So instead of asking themselves, who are we and what would actually make sense and help our employees and teammates the most, the first thing I would actually already like jump to is the question of, okay, so what's the bread and games we can offer them that people might find fun, such as a foosball table or free lunches, that kind of stuff, but never even or never having asked themselves what the whole purpose of that supposed to be. And it comes a little bit because of, you know, giant organizations like Google that uh, were made famous by their perks that they offer. But people often aren't aware of like why they started doing that. So for example, on the bread <laughs> example as, as a perk, the reason why Google actually implemented that is yes, that they thought it would be a great benefit and a perk for all employees to have, to be able to have food readily available three times a day, warm meals that they would be fed and taken care of. But also it was an operational decision, right? That employees didn't have to commute almost from uh, from a two lunch every day, which would take additional time, but could just, you know, have a quick lunch right then and there without having to travel far. That's kind of the background that a lot of companies are missing when they implement free lunches and that stuff, which is not to say that that's a bad idea, but the original, the OG free food plan from Google also had uh, a different intention. There was a reason behind it. So that's why I would say when it comes to to your benefits, don't make it bread and games. It's not that easy to just, you know, put a plaster on, oh, no, now at least we're doing something. Ask yourself, why are you doing it? And if you don't know why you're doing it, don't do it and figure out what you want to achieve and come up with better ways of doing that. I love that. Yeah. Figure out what the intention of it is, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So moving into the hustle round, do you need a break? Do you need some Gatorade or anything before we go in a stretch or anything? Okay. Hit me. Okay. What is your favorite Google Chrome extension or a productivity tool? I love Boomerang. So as far as I'm aware, you actually have to pay for it, right? Yeah, I think I am paying for it. It's this great uh, extension that lets you manage your emails better. So I manage my uh, inbox as a bit of a to-do list. I know there's a separate function in Gmail that lets you add to-do lists and tasks on the site, which I don't use. In my inbox is part of my to-do list. And what you can actually do to get that to the next level is install Boomerang. And what it lets you do is, for example, send out emails at scheduled times or to have emails reappear in your inbox in case you didn't get a reply yet from uh, that particular person you were writing back and forth with on a particular date at a particular time. So I can really just uh, clean out my inbox and use it as a to-do, but also not have to worry about potentially, you know, forgetting about something just because someone didn't get back to me or something just getting, getting missed completely. Have you used it before, by the way? I haven't used Boomerang. No, I've used similar tools. I use something called Mixmax, which seems to do a lot of the same functions. And it has templates and um, you can enhance it with like GIFs and crazy equations and stuff like that too. Boomerang, I've heard is great. I've had uh, several friends recommend it highly uh, before. So, okay. So next question is, if you were in a room full of entrepreneurs, what's a problem within the remote working or people ops organization that you'd challenge them to solve? Good question. Entrepreneurs, you said, right? Just someone who's going to solve the problem that you're going to promote. Well, so you know what? Um, with regards to the, to the remote working problem, I know it's a hot topic and it's important. 
the one thing I would challenge people, maybe not to solve, but to think about is to what extent, you know, to like, again, what the purpose behind remote working is. So I've seen organizations where they start to get nervous once there's the first employee that requests working abroad and people think they need to start implementing a whole policy. So I'd be curious to have people think a little bit more about the idea of what remote work really is all about and whether it's actually necessary for all employees, because you'll actually find not all of them would necessarily want it or need it. There's maybe other types of benefits and flexibilities that people would need over that, which might not necessarily be remote work, but maybe more flexible working hours because maybe they have kids. So remote work would not even be something they would ever consider because they can't obviously leave their children <laughs> alone in this particular city that they're that they're living in. So yeah, so I'd be curious to, to see people think about and uh, talk about the whole topic of remote work and uh, how we can make it work for a diversity of, uh, you know, uh, of people, just like a different a range of people with different backgrounds, different needs, and maybe become a bit more creative around how we can provide customized benefits and uh, flexible work schedules for people that way. So basically, if someone somehow is tuning in right now, we can sum up the episode with think before you do and just ask some questions and have intentionality, yeah, right? Probably. Incredible what those can do for yeah, us. Yeah, and it does get back to the point of like, you know, people sometimes, and it like, you know, rightly so, it's with all the good intentions, uh, thinking that, you know, there, there, there will be a solution that HR can provide for everything. But it really starts with uh, ownership on all levels. It's not, it's not a fix to you know, just hire HR or just add benefits or just to provide certain things that employees want. It's the questions behind that that need to, uh, really need to be answered. The next segment before we wrap up is the weekly call out. This is a chance for you to call someone out, a colleague or just someone you might have met randomly uh, or even someone that you just admire within the remote working world that you think would be a great guest for the More Beach Meetings podcast. Do you have anyone in mind? I do. And it's a, it's a lot of uh, great women, actually. And one of them particularly comes to mind. It's my uh, one of my colleagues, Aiga. She's actually one of the uh, co-founders at Billy. And uh, she runs uh, everything legal at the company and uh, is doing a tremendous job. And why I really look up to her and uh, love working with her and think she's such an integral part of the company is that she has a really critical eye and uh, open mind with regards to everything that's going on in the company. So she's not just doing her uh, her legal thing and uh, that's it. She's really involved and um, one of the women that I aspire to be one day. So she's really a go-getter, doesn't hold back, is always um, excited about learning new things, gets involved in my HR stuff as well, by the way. So. So um, comes up with great ideas, uh, gives everyone tips and is really a great role model for so many more generations of women to come. So I can't wait to see what else she has in store in her future. So Marie, thanks so much for coming on to the show today. Appreciate you sharing your wisdom of people apps and everything else. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me, Carson. Awesome. Take care. Thank you too. Our guests on the podcast bring up some amazing thoughts on remote culture. How do they keep remote culture from becoming stale and distant when the team isn't physically present day by day? Most, if not all of them, are leveraging in-person offsites. Get your employees out of the office and get ready for an experience that will give you a boost of team spirit. Head to thesurfoffice.com to learn more. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the show to stay up to date with the latest conversations around the future of work. We'll be back with a brand new guest and some fresh ideas in a couple of weeks. Until soon.